All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Swiss Army Man podcast, episode number 15. Today, I have a very special guest, someone who, when I started this podcast, I created a list of people who were, who were dream guests, and this man was on, on it. So I'm going to give him a proper introduction. Uh, dream guest list uh, for me, uh, national touring stand-up comedian, the greatest storyteller around, uh, author of the great book, Free Roll, um, host of the 31 podcast and all the podcasts that are under that umbrella. Uh, once stole a George Foreman grill from Mike Tyson. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Brand Tobler, how's it going today, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for that nice intro, man. That's awesome. And yeah. it's cool, cool to be on the dream guest list. Oh, yeah. No, you are on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty short list. It's about uh, 15 people. I mean, I guess not super short, but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Wait, one am I the first one to make it off the list to actually on here? Yeah, well, yes and no. So you're the first, like, some person I didn't know. Uh, my brother was on the guest dream guest list because oh, yeah. yeah. uh, we grew up together. So, you know, I wanted him to be the first guest. So he was my first guest. But other than that, uh, you were you are the second one, but the first that I did, didn't know going into this. <laughs> was he tough to get or no? Huh? Was he tough to get or your brother said, <laughs> yeah? <laughs> no, no. He was actually pretty easy, surprisingly. No. Yeah. He's, but he's, uh, he's uh, much like you. Uh, uh, he is, uh, he's his own boss. He, uh, he does uh, art for a living. He uh, he's a freelance oh. artist. Works for a bunch of companies like Upper Deck and Tops. And I know you're a you're a baseball card guy. And yeah, uh, yeah. Did did a couple of those, and also did some stuff for like uh like Marvel series and stuff like that. So so oh, cool sure. stuff. So yeah. you, I can curse, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, for right. sure. Uh, he must be really good. Yeah, he's a yeah, he's pretty cool. He does a does a lot of um photo realism. So like it's a uh, realistic stuff. He does a lot of pinup art stuff too. And uh, yeah, he's a uh, he's got some cool stuff. I wish I, I've always wished I was a good artist. I don't know if you've ever heard me tell this story, but I'm the worst artist. And I almost, I almost didn't graduate high school because this is how stupid I was in high school. I took art just so I could stay eligible because I thought I was like a really good basketball player. And then I got benched my senior year. That's another sad story. But uh, so then I, for my final project of my senior year, I didn't want to do it. And my buddy's a really good artist. And then I turned in one of his pictures and my art teacher is like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Brent? I've watched you all, you know, I've, it'd be like if, if I just submitted like a Bill Burr comedy set or something, <laughs> the teacher's like, Brent, you suck at art. And this is like so insulting to me that you think I would ever believe that you did this. And I had to go to the principal's office and everything. And they were like, you know, you're an idiot. We, we shouldn't even let you graduate, but just promise that you'll just walk across the stage, be good, and, and get the fuck out of here. And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. But it always makes me laugh. At. I thought I could just turn in like a Picasso when I was like a, the worst stick artist ever. <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually pretty funny. Uh, I, I think I, I heard you tell us part of that story um, before, but uh, uh, it's so funny because like that's the stuff we do when we're in high school, like just stupid stuff like yeah. that. I my I had the opposite problem. So like I'm a I'm an okay artist. Like I'm I'm decent. Like I wouldn't call myself a professional or anything like that. My brother's two years older than me. We went to the same high school. And so everyone was like, he's a god. He's a god. so like it was like I would literally be like top of the class, like better than everybody else, but then they'd just be like, It's not too bad you're not your brother. And you're like, what <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. How did you think you're just born like a good artist or did you guys just practice a lot? So I don't I don't know. So like my brother, he was always drawn. Um, so he was he was the basketball player. I was the baseball player. And uh, we uh, we always wanted to kind of just do design stuff like art 
like cards and stuff like that. And like, we loved, we loved this, the old like eighties, nineties basketball cards with the cool designs in the back. And so we'd always try to draw stuff. So we were always doing that. But, uh, our grandfather was actually like a, he like did like wood burnings. He did like carvings. Um, he made like hunting knives and stuff. He had like nine kids. So what he had to do is he had to basically like just do all the side stuff on top of working for like the car companies up in uh, Michigan. So yeah, it was a, so I think it, some of it's passed along. I think obviously some of it's like work. I'm just like, I probably sure like with comedy, you have to have some kind of like talent naturally there or gift of gab or like, you know, how to set up stuff. But obviously working on it, I'm sure you can, you can get there. I guess that's the same line with sports too, as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, for sure. Cause I've, I've seen people work hard and they I'm just like, you got no shot. <laughs> well, it's like, it's the thing I tell my daughter. So my daughter, she's about, she plays basketball, but she's behind the other kids. Cause she started later than them, but she's like, I'm not as good, but she has like all the natural talent. Like you can tell she like has the skill, um, skill sets. She just, I'm like, just work hard. Yeah. Like the kids who have the natural skill set, plus they work really hard, like a Kobe Bryant or like yeah, a LeBron yeah. James or something like that. They're the ones that become superstars. Whereas like you can be like not super talented, but work hard and you can get there. Yeah. So like you can be like a eighth man on the bench or something. But if you got that <laughs> natural skill, you yeah. can't teach that. I, I kind of <laughs> think that's how comedy and art and probably all that is like, cause I don't, I think you're just kind of born funny. I've seen people work hard at it and you can get there, but to be like really good, I think, or, or just like Kobe and these guys, they were just born like, like Ridiculous. it was absurd for me. I, I mean, I got, I think I got really good at basketball because I worked hard, but I was still a six foot white kid. Like I can't, <laughs> there's stuff I couldn't do, you know, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't practice height. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like with, uh, with comedy, like something like that, um, are there so like I always say this with singing because so I toured a little bit as a musician for oh. like a short short bit of time. Um, like you watch like American Idol or something like that, and like somebody has like a really pristine voice, but they just have like no like emotional connection to the piece, so it just doesn't like have any feeling for it. Um, is that like that in comedy? Like where like you can see people who like are telling the jokes and technically like the math, I guess yeah. I'll call it math, but the math of the joke works but there's just no connection there. So like you as a comedian, does that like throw you off? Like watching no, that? it just makes me like, I could just tell there's, there's some successful people that are like, but you're never going to like be famous, famous without like, cause you're not vulnerable. Like you could do the math, like what you're talking about and be like, Oh, I just write this joke formula. I smile at this part, face <laughs> the stage. There's like tricks to it. But to be really to be really good, I think you have to like be vulnerable and talk about yourself, come from a place where you connect with people. Cause like, you know, like I've been working on this joke or any of the jokes I want to work on that are kind of like risky. Uh I'm always like, I guess I could I, I want to just yell at the audience, go, I guess I could just make fun of rap lyrics or something. Or like I something I always make fun of young comics for. It's not bad, but it's like if you could tell someone's like new at comedy or or hasn't really tapped into themselves, they're just like, why did? How about these song lyrics? You know, like why would you? Who would say that? Or well, that doesn't even rap. Or like you see a lot, and I'm like, oh okay, but that can get a laugh. But I'm just like, mm, all right. But then like if you talk about, you know, if you talk about yourself, then you can connect with like you know, like for like Burt Kreischer, let's say, like that machine story you're just connected to that forever or 
so I think there is tricks, but to be really good, you you need to to like talk about yourself and be vulnerable and to build fans. They have to, I think, like you and want to to know you or feel like they know you. You know, there's a lot of comics out there that are just cats, dogs, airplane food. <laughs> you know, that bores me. So, but for that, like, I'm more intrigued. Like, one time I saw Margaret Cho just tell these crazy stories about like trying to kill herself and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't even like comedy wise. She was just working on them, but I was still like fascinated. So I think in a way, storytelling wise and like comedy, it doesn't have to be like joke every 10, 15 seconds, like a joke book would tell you to really do for me. I really want to know about like, you know, like right when you said like, I used to sing and tour and stuff like that's what I'm into. Like yeah. I want to hear stories about that. Whereas, like, you know, you could have on that tour been like, like I said, just airplane, you know. So I don't know. That's kind of a rambly thing, but I, I, to answer, yeah, there's some shit. I just don't watch it. I just go, oh, this, you know. Or for instance, I'll say, oh, I get why it works. It's just not for me. There's a lot of comics is like, oh, I get it, but yeah. I don't. You know, it's like I, it's kind of funny because it like so that almost uh so kind of harkening back to uh the. I did with my brother we kind of talked about how like in our mental capacity we kind of skip like um skip steps so like someone else might do one two three four five six seven eight nine ten but we do like one four six and we just we catch up to them but we do it because we just yeah. do things in a weird way we think we both think in a strange way um and I, mean, I think that, that's the thing with comedy is like that I see like you can I feel like I can see it just from having some sort of being on stage before like some people who are kind of just like going through the step to step to step and then some people were just like like you like I, I I've seen you live you are like there but like it feels so authentic and like it doesn't feel like you like even if it's a joke you've told probably 50,000 times you it feels like it's the first time you're just it's coming with it yeah well, that's what you're going for. But I agree with you on that. Like I skip steps. Well, that's the beauty of like art and comedy music, all that you can go any way you want, you know, like when I wrote my book, I wrote it. People are like, how'd you write it? And I was like, first of all, I just wrote it on my own. I never yeah. wrote a book. I never thought I'd write a book. So half of it was figuring it out on my own, but like I wrote chapter one and then I'd write a little of chapter eight. And then I wrote like the thank yous way before most people, I think would write that at the end, but I knew I could do that. Yeah. You know? So in my head, uh, I was trying to get to like 65,000 words for some reason. That's what I thought I needed. So then like, sometimes I get tired of chapter one and then I do this and then, but I think if you took like a book writing class, they would say, <laughs> And Start I think my process. That's what I like about all this is like everyone has their own process. Like, like you, I'm sure you, like you and your brother said, you could, I guess, to accomplish anything, there's probably 10 steps, let's say, just hypothetically or whatever. Yeah. You don't have to go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You can go, you know, like I said, I like to write on the second book. I think I, I wrote the, like, the dedication first. And then like the thank yous because <laughs> I, I knew who I wanted to thank. And yeah. that was the easiest part. And, and it's like, if I could give any advice to people, I'd be like, people always ask me, how'd you make a CD or a book? Like you just got to start. Yeah. So even for me, writing the thank yous was good for me. Cause there's so many people I wanted to thank 
to to do all this i couldn't have done it without the support from you know all my friends like i wear all this wyoming stuff i have a whole state that supports me yeah <laughs> so it's it's important for me to to always be able to thank them so as as weird as that is to write the thank yous before even you're thanking them for a book i didn't even start I, you know, just started. So, <laughs> well, that's the thing is like, so like, I actually, I actually think about that because as having a family, I, so I have three kids mm-hmm. and a wife and uh, uh, a lot of the stuff I do, like in my brain, I think like even something like this, which is, it's a podcast that I, I started, obviously we're episode 15. It's nowhere in the like big landscape of like all the podcasts that are out, but like it's create, it, it, it creates my, it fires my creativity and like the stuff I like to do. And then yeah. In in that turn, I'm I'm a better person for them, and I do it. So in a sense, I I think of them in the way I'm doing it, as I'm sure, like you know, having those thank yous and knowing the people who are out there who have been there for you and do done things for you helps kind of like be like I'm not just doing this for Brant Tobler, I'm doing this for yeah. like all of those people too. And well, I think another cool thing that I I'm I have an awesome girlfriend right now, and we're definitely I, I've always wanted to have kids. So, but I've always said that about this podcast that. You know, I, I think I'm at like 140 episodes, but one day my kids will be able to hear if God forbid something happens or just it would be cool. Even, you know, like my grandparents were the most special people to me. If they had a podcast, you know, I remember they told me stories and stuff, but if if they had a podcast, it would be cool to just go back and listen and be like, you know, like get, get to hear can, from them. Like, yeah, just to even archive stuff like, oh, and this fact you're doing video and stuff. In 30 years, your kids can be like, oh, this is my dad. This is he was talking to this person or this is a cool story or like I think I think it's cool. And I think, like you said, the creative like I I did improv, which is like stand up, but I sucked at it. I was the worst. I've done it. I've done it. Tried to dabble in it, but I did it two different times. I was the worst person in both my classes, but it was good for my stand up because I left there and it just made the creative juices flowing. Yeah. Like anything like this, even like, you know, even just like you said, we're talking about stuff. And then you're like, then I go tell my daughter, hey, you got to work harder. I was, you know, I I think just and it just shows your kids like, hey, I want to do something. And I just did it. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. The funny thing is, you say that this morning, like I was like, hey, I was like. Today I'm good. I'm doing a podcast. They were just getting them ready for school. I was like, yeah. I'm doing a t- podcast with Brant Tobler today, and they were like, they're like, oh, we know, we know who Brant is because I talked about comedy yeah. a lot. And they're like, they're like, that's so cool. And like, they gave me high fives, and they were like, that's. And I was like, for me, I get to tell them, hey, like, I mean, I get, to, I got to interview someone who was on like my dream guest list, and it's yeah. like, I so I achieved. I so I wrote it down, and I achieved this this goal or whatever. And sometimes that just takes. I get to tell them the story of like it just took reaching out, and you know, yeah. Yeah, you could you could have said no, you could have said yes, you know, whatever. It's, yeah. You never know until you never, ask. Yeah, you, <laughs> it's it's a good strategy for them to learn, but yeah, yeah. And and uh, from and, and kind of from that, like that's sort of uh what I what I kind of love about like listening to you and having listened to you on, on a bunch of podcasts and uh through your comedy is you seem to be that like person who was like sort of like I, I kind of get the vibe sort of like me where like I'm not necessarily like um uh, out there, like I'm a, I'm a pretty like, not I wouldn't say lonely per- uh, inside. I'm a very to myself person, but like I love interaction with people, and like yeah. so, like I'm not naturally just go out there and do it. But I always feel like I could just do whatever, 
Like, so I don't let things kind of hold me back. And I get that from you. Like, you know, whether it's uh, you talk about like sneaking into like a sporting event or like doing any of the crazy things you've done uh, (laughs) throughout your career. Well, you know, that's great that, but that's a great thing to teach your kids right there. You know, that's the same thing. Like I said, I don't have kids yet, but my girlfriend, we talk about it all the time. Like, we'll just tell them they can do it. You can do it. Like I, I tell them it's crazy that I have all these rules for my kids even though I don't even have a kid, but I'm like, <laughs> hey, just don't don't get anyone pregnant. Don't get a DUI. Don't smoke cigarettes. We can we can fix everything else. And that cigarette <laughs> thing is just thing, something I hate. But I'm like, we can fix everything. Just you can take chances. Yeah. It's a big – it's a thing like – another thing I've been working on to back to stand-up, like I'm talking about more stuff that's a little riskier, but it's like – I, I, I want my stand-up to be like a car ride. Like you get in the car and we're going to go for a ride and maybe I'm going to go a little too fast or maybe I'm going to go through a dark area you don't want to go through. And then at the end, you're going to go, oh, I enjoyed that ride. I'd like to do it again or go, maybe that ride didn't go where I want. Maybe I won't do it again. But I think the worst comedians, what we were talking about earlier, are just like if you just get in a car and sit in neutral and you don't go, you don't try anything, you don't take any, <laughs> that's like so, so lame, like. That's such a good analogy too. Cause I think with, especially like an industry like yours where like you, there is sort of some old, old guard reliability of like, if I do this and I look like this, I'll get this job. And if I don't rock the boat. So the neutral is very much like there are people pushing on you. So you may go forward, you may go back, but it's not, yeah. none, of the, none of your own doing per se. Like, yeah, that's what I, I see. Like if you just try to please everybody and take no chances, the, the analogy that the the thing I'm trying to write out is like that, just be like piling as many people you can into a car and then just sitting there in neutral, hitting the gas. Like that is like torture to me. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> in and, and we're not going anywhere. We're not doing anything. That's what like comedy, not taking chances is to me. I'd rather crash and burn. And then, like I said, and then, and another thing, like I would, I'm trying to convey on stage, like, I'm going to take you on this ride. And if you don't like it, then just don't ride again. Yeah. I mean, unless, unless we crash bad, you don't need to run and tell everybody. Like <laughs> I get some so over everybody. Like uh, it's just like, I, I, I'm. it's just like, relax. I, I'm really starting to take more chances, but I want to take some huge chances. And everybody around me is like, don't. But <laughs> I well, do, I mean I, like for, for you, like for, taking chances per se like so like i for the people who don't know like obviously you, you tour nationally you just got back from vegas um yeah uh, I look like shit sorry I couldn't <laughs> sleep. I no, was, I, like, i'm on i'm on vegas time so i stayed up to like four four or five vegas time which is like five or six denver and it's like vegas anyway so. yeah so i uh, i would i could not sleep last night i maybe slept an hour and then i slept a little this morning and i was like god i just can't and i feel like shit so i was like right when i logged on i was like god i look awful but no you no you look great i love it but uh but with that like so like you i and i don't know i'm a, I'm a huge comedy fan I, I enjoy it but like so what's it like you you work out of uh denver comedy works or the comedy yeah. works so is that like a it's like a regular i guess you're so yeah, Denver, so I'm so fortunate and that's why it's hard to go on the road because it's so good here. Like this downtown club, I think is the best club in the country besides like Comedy Store and and the cellar. And that's just because they get the they get the greatest comedians in the world. Yeah. So you you just work out of here, you get on a list. It's really hard to get on this list. I got really lucky. So then for example, I'll 
so today I have to put in my avails and then tomorrow they'll tell us what we get. And then, uh, yeah, so you just do sets here and, uh, it's the best. It's, it really is the best. It's two different worlds. Cause there's a South club, which is like in the rich neighborhood all, which is a tougher crowd, really rich, old white people, which is, it's not what you want, which is a crazy thing I say on stage sometimes when I'm bombing in front of rich white people is, I say, this is the only, if you own a business, and this blows their mind, it'll, it'll blow everyone's mind when you really think about it. It's the only business in the world you don't want rich white people to come to. <laughs> I as mean, a, it makes sense. As a comedian, you don't. Like, I would rather have a black audience, all black audience. If you're not scared, a lot of comics are scared of that. Yeah. Black, black people don't go to Yelp and shit, and they go, you know. I do good in front of black audience. They're run around. There's it's like a track meet. People, it's like a more fun. Yeah, you know, and it's like when I tell that to people, they're like, "Yeah." I was like, "You can't think of an if you own any business. If we start any business, we're like, okay, well, we'd love to have these rich white people come in. They'll spend money. I mean, the, I, 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 it's just sometimes they, and sometimes we overthink it. Like they, like I have a new bit that I do where I say retarded and it's like a big deal. And I could feel the room tense up when I say it. Yeah. But if you listen to it till the end, it's, I think the best bit I have. And I, and I love it to tell it. And it's a real life story. My brother, you know, I'll just get, I won't do the bit, but I'll give you the gist of it. My brother has no money. And this knife salesman came to his house and he bought like $1,200 worth of knives. <laughs> so I said, Hey, we can't, I, I said, let me get a refund. And they wouldn't refund. My mom and my brother tried to call. So then I called the lady and I, I called the knife company. I was like, hey, you guys sold my brother some knives. I need a refund. They're like, we can't do it. Strict five-day policy. <laughs> then I'm like, okay, I get it. But the problem is my little brother's retarded and you yeah. guys took advantage of him. He, You sold him $1,200 worth of knives when he's not even supposed to have scissors. <laughs> and then, of course, the lady's like, oh, my God, we're so sorry. We'll refund it immediately. And then I call my mom and I say, hey, mom, I got Ryan a refund. And she's like, how did you get him a refund? I said, I just explained that my little brother's retarded. And then my mom goes crazy. She's like, Grant, you can't tell people that your brother's retarded. I said, mom, he had $500 to his name and he bought $1,200 worth of knives. He's fucking retarded. So then if they hang on to the end, they're like, oh, okay. Makes sense. The but then at the beginning, and you know what I've been saying a little, it's really aggressive, but I'm like, if they don't buy all the way in on it, I'm like, usually they will by the end, it'll get good last. But then at the end, I'm like, I really kind of double down on it. I'm like, you know, what's crazy about that joke. I go, I'm not even into anal sex, but if I had to fuck one of you guys in the ass tonight, I would have done it at the start of that joke. Cause you guys ass got so tight when I said the word retarded, so. <laughs> but it's like, but I overthink like, you know, who gets mad about that joke. It's not the older white people. They don't care. They said the word retarded. They don't care about all yeah. these words. It's the 22 year, you know, it's like, it's the, it's the thing about zombie works is that she doesn't, she's good. You know, she's really good about letting us have free speech and just, you know, because uh, I say it on stage, I go, none of it comes from a place of hatred. We're just trying to make you laugh. And that's a real story. I'm not, yeah. just, there's like <laughs> comics that'll say the N word, white comics that try to be edgy or something, which I don't, which when I started, I thought, oh, I'll write the joke. Yeah, where I can say it and not look racist, it'll be mind blowing. But you can't. I mean, I don't know. I can't do it. But like, still, 
when people do it, I go, oh, this is a bad idea. But I respect <laughs> that they're trying, you know, like. Yeah. Well, sometimes you have to push the boundaries, right? Yeah. Like that's like, especially in comedy, it's like one of the few things, it's one of the things I super respect about your guys' craft is like musicians, they put out a, like they record, they write everything. It's all perfected before it hits yeah. a mass audience or before it even sees the light of day. You guys are essentially doing that as you're building that, that joke or like that part of your set or whatever. So it's like, you're going to have hits, you're going to have misses, you're going to have like, and then words are so like economical that it's like if you don't use the right word, it's yeah. it, it and one little word could be the whole shift for you guys. Well, and then the other crazy thing that I'm always jealous about musicians, you could play your new song and if it doesn't it, and it doesn't go good, then you can just play the greatest song of all time. You can <laughs> yeah. cover you can just play Sweet Caroline at any time and the crowd will go crazy. It's like I if I could like if my new joke bombs and then I'm just like, oh, I'm going to do like a David Tell joke. And they're like, <laughs> that's like, you can't. And I'm always you get, like, cover yeah. I, actually, I always thought that would be an actual pretty good podcast. I don't know if anyone does that, like where they have like people come on and tell their favorite joke. And then it's like a whole like series. That would be an interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah. like cause, exactly. I, cause I hear comedians talk a lot. I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts. Cause I, so to be like, I found you from uh Burt Kreischer's podcast. Yeah. Um, I was actually, I think I was actually looking to see, um, who was coming in because I like to see comedy shows and I saw you and I saw that you had been on Burt Kreischer's podcast. I listened to a lot ton of podcasts and I listened, was happening to listen to that one and I was working backwards. So like as newest to the oldest and I was like, well, I'll just skip. And then I was just like, man, Brant's fucking hilarious. So, so then I like went and I found 31 podcasts and all that stuff through, through that. So like, um, it's interesting when you find them and I found him through, uh, I forgot. I can't remember, but I was turned on by something else. So it's just a yeah. string of like, you know, you never know how you're going to get found. But, uh, but yeah, like those kind of like being able to tell jokes, cover songs for, you know, for musicians. But also the other thing about kind of musician related is like once you guys like do a special or something, those jokes are gone for you. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> which music, makes no sense. They always want to hear, hear the hits in comedy. Like we've heard this. Jealous yeah. we knew it. Like sometimes people be like. If we do two shows, you know, like Friday, Saturdays, we'll do two shows. Someone will be like, hey, man, you were so good. That was awesome. I'm thinking about coming to the to the second show. I'm like, well, I'm just going to do pretty much the exact <laughs> thing just so you're welcome to come. But yeah. if you think I'm going to do something brand new, you know, I <laughs> really? think, uh, I, you know, I used to be, I used to like offend me when after shows, people would be like, oh, I think I'm going to do comedy. I think I could do it. And I'd be like. You you know how fucking hard this is, but then I realized, <laughs> oh, we made it look easy. Yeah, so that's more of a compliment because that's I, a weird compliment, right? <laughs> people would always come up and be like, "Oh, I'm really funny," and I would be like, when I was young and a dickhead, I'd be like, if it was like at an open mic, they'd be like, "You're pretty good," you know. I could I could do that. And I was like, "Oh, well, I can get you on right now if you think you could do it." And some people would have the balls to do it. Yeah, and then they would just eat it, and we would just laugh in the back, and then I'd go, "Okay." Now you've seen it, you know, now I'll help you. I yeah. could always help, you know, in this, in comedy, you, you always help other comics. You should, at least all the great ones do. And every time I always say, this is the one, they say you don't want to meet your heroes in comedy. The bigger, the cooler the comic, the better they were to me. But if you're, if you come to me arrogant, I'll let you eat shit. And then I'll be the first one waiting for you to come off stage and go, okay, now let's have a conversation. Now you realize that you have to work at it and I'll help you. Yeah. Like, all those times at the beginning, people are like, oh, I'm so good. I make everyone laugh. Okay. Well, I can get you up, right? I know the host. 
And then yeah. when they ate it, I'd be like, now, well, if you want to do this, I'll help you. I, th- I think that's that comes a lot from like people who are like, because like if you go to work, like say like you work in an office, like you can be like, it's like a work hot being like work hot, yeah. like chicks that are work hot. Like she's like a 10 at the office, but she's like a six in real life. Like it's like being work funny. Like, yeah. you're like, oh yeah, no one else is funny at your job. So like you're like too funny. So like everyone laughs at your jokes, but it's not really. And it's what, also, there's no structure there either. You can yeah. say something stupid and it's like. See, I'll tell you where I see it the most is like when they do roast battles, all the black comics are like, oh, we fuck with each other in the barbershop. I saw one the other day, they were doing one in Vegas, and this black dude's like, and it's just nerdy little white dude. And he's like, I'm going to fucking smoke you. And, and and someone said, did you write a bunch of stuff? Because I don't have to. And I was like, oh, this dude's dead. Because <laughs> this white dude worked on jokes. And yeah. like, it is different fuck around the barbershop. You could be like, oh, those shoes or something. But you could do like an appearance one. But you gotta, you have to be prepared. And then, of course, this dude got smoked. And I loved it. And it's like, <laughs> when I talked to him after, he's like, hey, you need, he worked on this shit. Like, you yeah. might be naturally funnier, but he wrote jokes, prepared. He was ready for this moment, you know, and <laughs> and that's and that, you're exactly right with that work. It, it's funny to be off the cuff, funny, or and I think that'll help you. That'll help you with like crowd work and shit. But you're not yeah. gonna just do crowd work your first time, you know. Well, like no one, no one really does uh, crowd work like albums. What, like I think Big J Okerson was like, yeah, there's really, some like, good, a crowd work, yeah, record, but well, it's too hard to do. Like, there's a guy named Ian Bag who I think is is like and Big J are great. They're both great at crowd work and i'd work with them and then and then i'd be like i want to do crowd work so then one time i was working with ian bag and then this other comic jimmy door came in he's a really great comic and i was and i was just sitting there venting and whining it's like i think i'm gonna do crowd work and he just listened he didn't say one word he let me just pout and bitch like a, a like a stupid <laughs> ass and then he just wrote on a napkin comedy is hard and he just slid it to me in this middle of me whining i read it and then he goes let me explain something to you about crowd work. Yeah, it looks good. It's fun to do. But you can't do it on a CD. You can't do it on TV. If I give you a guest spot to try to get you in a club, you can't do it in a guest spot. You know, if you're – so, like, as – like, comedy etiquette, <clears throat> like, I'll never do crowd work if I'm not the headliner. Okay. Because that's, like, for the headliner. That's why he's the headliner. And even if – and that's the guys I respect told me that, like, even if I don't do it, that's just there for me if I want to do it. Because I don't want it. I don't need you to go up there and ask them 50 questions and they're used to you talking to the crowds. Because a lot of headliners will be like, don't do crowd work in front of me. you know. And, and it's like kind of an unwritten rule or like a respect rule. And then there's the other side of it. Like if you're the headliner, you should be able to follow whatever. Yeah. But but this is the one I like respect and then and, – and I get it, but – I mean, trust me, if you get good at crowd work, that's the funnest shit because you're not doing the same thing. And then if you're just naturally funny off the cuff and the crowds love it, it's good for the ego because you could crush with it. But if you're thinking long term, if you have a wife and kids, like I said, you want to sell, you want to be on TV, you want to sell stuff. And if you can't see the audience, the crowd work not as funny, you know. So yeah, that's cool. the, that's a that's a tough. Uh, you guys definitely have an interesting like. There's a lot like to unpack sort of in that yeah. uh, realm. Cause like, cause like you said, you could crush just doing crowd work, but then you're like, okay, it's like, uh, I think I, I can't remember whose podcast I heard it on, but it was like, if you go to like a, like you got, you guys have Denver, like, you yeah. know, the comedy store or whatever, if you go and you're doing regular spots, you're working on things. If you just do the hits or like do what, you know, crushes, you're kind of cheating yourself sort of. Yeah. 
So like that, you, that's like, you get bored with your material. <laughs> I, I could do, I could go crush with 10 minutes Yeah. whenever I want, but I don't, I don't, the enjoyment I get is I actually like bombing now, not bombing, but I like taking chances. I would rather do like, and not, I shouldn't say, I don't crush. Like, let's say on a scale of one to 10, I could always do like a seven, eight, do good. Yeah. And feel good. And everyone say, Hey, you were good, but I feel better doing like a four or five if I just went for it. And there's like, and that's what's great about my girlfriend is sometimes we talk about this and she comes to almost every show and that is good for me. Cause I like, Oh, she's got to hate hearing this shit over. <laughs> sometimes I'll be like, I'm going to work on this new bit and then I'll go somewhere and the crowd will be hot and I'll, and I'll, I'll go into the hits, but then I'll make eye contact with her. And I could see like the disappointment in her face. Like, really, you're not taking chances. You talk all this shit about taking chances about not sitting in neutral and then it makes me not, you know. And then even if it doesn't go good, I still feel better walking home. Like, at least I went for it, you know. Yeah, but it takes a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the, that was the the stuff I I sort of enjoyed when I toured because obviously, like, I wasn't like a like a big huge touring band. So like, ever a lot of the places I would go, it was during the the early parts of like sharing and like stuff like that. So like, people would share it with their friends or stuff, yeah. but like not everyone would know everything. So it'd be like, okay, cool. Like you still have like a little bit of like, you have a little pocket that like is going to give you the grace. Cause they know that song or they know a little bit of it. And then you have stuff to kind of win the rest of the crowd over. So th- there's that exhilaration of like, yeah. And it's just that balance. Cause then sometimes like, I know people are coming to my show tomorrow and then there's stuff that they love that they were like, Hey, wait till he tears this story. You're going to want to hear this story. Yeah. And if I don't tell that story, people are like, <laughs> you know, and that's the thing is like you're a great storyteller because you have so many good stories. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing is like so with the I just uh, actually re-listened to uh, the Audible book, um, your free roll. I did it all in one day. I just like sat and well, actually I was at work, but like just yeah. went through it and uh, en- enjoyed it. And it's, it's very free flowing. It's like I listen to a lot of book on tape, a lot of podcasts. It's you. It doesn't. It almost didn't even feel like a book. It was so like just like a story after story that rolled into the other things. And um, it was really impressive. It's wow. easy. It's an easy listen. And from what I gather, it's pretty easy to read as well. So um, yeah, everybody, I, that's been the coolest part. I get that compliment a lot, which I now take as a compliment, but a lot of people are like, uh, man, I bought your book and it's like really good. <laughs> and it's like, they're, they're pretty much saying, Oh, I love you. I always support everything you do. So that's what I got it. Yeah, I was shocked how good it was. So it was cool. And doing it and recording the audible myself was like, that's the hardest thing I've ever done. So I'm glad it came out good, but I couldn't believe how hard it was. Yeah. I didn't think it would be hard. And man, it was so hard. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's the thing is like, I'm sure like, I know some of it, like, uh, like you had, I know you were talking on uh, uh, the honeydew. I just recently watched that. Like some of that stuff, like you were saying was like, uh, you didn't even realize like how emotional it would be to like yeah. really go through it. So like, and like when you listen to it, you like, you can, you can understand like why it should be emotional. There's a lot, to, a lot of really like negative stuff that happens that yeah. then, you know, kind of becomes more positive, obviously. Oh yeah. Yeah. The live stuff was hard, but I was just talking about like the process of recording. It was so fucking. Oh, hard. I'm sure. <laughs> it, was, it was harder than the shit I went through as a kid. It, no, it was just like, uh, it was so frustrating of like, cause the two, I had two girls help me produce it. And the night before they're like, you need to go home and rest. I was like, for what? I wrote the book. 
was like, I'm Jay-Z. I'll do this shit in one take. And then I'd say like Tramp Bobler. I couldn't even say Brant Bobler right. And we just had to stop, go, stop, yeah. go, stop, go. So it was two like nine hour days. I finished, I think at like 8.30 both times. I was asleep by nine o'clock. <laughs> crazy how much it took out of me. Well, that's a, the mental, the mental aspect of it, right? It's like, just like, yeah. just like, it, just standing there and doing it, doing one thing like that is just, I mean, automatically just drains you. But then like, when you have to like put inflection on things and yeah. like, you know. I always tell people you should do it. If you wrote your book, you should read it. I think the people want to hear it in your voice, but yeah. it, just buckle up because it's going to be hard. But. <laughs> but it's worth it though, right? It's, it's a bigger, bigger benefit. Like worth so it. I tell, I don't go, there's not a day goes by. That I don't tell somebody, write, write your book, man. Just write that book. Even if you don't, because you did it. Like, and I tell this all the time too. I never thought I'd write a book. I'm, I'm an idiot. And I wrote that book and I was sitting in a Chick-fil-A when I got my first like copy, finished copy. And I picked it up and I, I just started crying. And I was, I, then I did, I was like, I wrote a, this is my book. And then I had a moment of like, what if no one buys my book? And then I said, who cares? Yeah. I, I feel no one could ever take this away from me. I mean, it's sitting right there. It's, I have it. I go to people's houses it's the best thing I ever did. I'm so proud of it. And it's like, and you can do it. I did it all myself. I self-published it. I just did it. And, and I tell people it'll be hard and maybe no one will buy it, but you still, you'll, you'll, you wrote a book, man. It's a fucking coolest thing. You know, I feel the same way about the CDs. When I first put out my comedy CDs, I was like, you could go to iTunes and, and there's like, and there's you could buy Bruce Springsteen, Kanye West, and Brant Tobler all in the same anywhere in the world at any time, you know. So even like I'm not rich like these other guys are famous, but I do take you know pride in this stuff. Like I'm a kid from Wyoming. I never thought I I have a CD. I have two CDs. I wrote a book. So yeah, that's a, that's the other thing that like really like I I admire about you is something that sort of I I do as I do as well. I've always never thought of like the end so like i, I know you self-published the book and and did everything um when you started did you think about shopping shopping it because like for me like i've always been like i'm gonna do this thing and i know a lot of people will be like well i need so-and-so to back me to do yeah. that thing and i'm just like i'll just figure it out like let's <laughs> that's the best way so then i did it i i thought about shopping it but that's a whole nother thing and it takes forever and and you know i wrote it i'm glad i did it this way i get all the money yeah. I see it every day how many I sold. And then people, I mean, I think it should be a movie. And I've had people reach out from big agencies like so-and-so. They never told me who it was either. Like, hey, we have so-and-so interested in the movie TV rights to your book. Are they available? I said, yes. And then they disappear. And then they, right when I think they disappear, they email me like a month later. Hey, so-and-so, can we, uh, our client is interested in, can we give them your contact? Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, here it is again, and now I'm just like, whatever happens with it. But even that part, even getting those emails, I'm like, I mean, I'll save that email. It was from like the biggest agency in LA, a big, <laughs> a big lady's assistant. So I don't know who was looking at my book. I wish yeah. they told me that. But even that, it's like, man, I didn't. But so I didn't have to go through publishing and share my money and let them. You know, I like to do shit myself. Yeah. 
that and that that creates more in the in the yeah. long run for you too. That's a, like music wise. I always like when I put out my music, it was all like I I produced it all. I did everything, yeah. and like I was like I don't want anyone to like have to like approve anything or anything like that. I just wanted to go and and be the thing. So like I, that was actually one of my questions. You know, it's funny you you brought it up. Was I know like Bert just his I think the machine story just got bought purchased. Yeah, and then I was like. So, like, is that something that you would actively be like, cool? Like, if someone oh, wanted to come tell the story of Branch Over, <laughs> they could buy it. They could, anyone can buy it. I think it'd be yeah. awesome, to be honest. I, having listened to the story and listened to your stand up, and yeah, to, uh, you could do a lot with it. It's definitely, I think it's there, man. It just, it, this shit's so much luck. And then, like, I wouldn't act. I don't want to act. I'm, I'm not an actor. But if someone wanted to buy it, of course, you know, I'm, yeah. I, you know, I want to have kids and I want to, I just want, you know, I'm lucky right now. I have a great girlfriend that's so supportive, but like I've had great relationships in the past. And I think what ruins them a lot is just the security. This job is so up and down and it's hard for anybody to be with an artist, musician, comedian. You know, I always tell people, Hey, you know, if you're with me, my life's going to change one day drastically and it could be today yeah but it could be five years i can't i don't get to become employee of the month assistant manager manager like someone could watch this podcast someone you'd know when you're someone could buy that book and show it to their uncle my life anything you know like yeah. you just never know right you <laughs> never know so i, I did, actually said that on, on yeah. I think that something else you were like comedians lifestyles like you're like poor 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 and then you're one day you're just rich you're yeah. like he's like there's yeah. no middle like in between it's like you either get found or you don't and then it's yeah. like my friends are so rich and then you just you just have to you know it's such a generic message you just got to keep going and just believe and like i did the hard part i wrote the book the book's done now now yeah. someone just has to find it i mean i should probably you know that's one thing i'm bad about is like I, I don't want to sell. I, I hate just pitching all my own shit all the time. With it. That's the one thing I should do better at. Like after a show, I need to do better at selling books or talking about myself. I don't like to just, I don't, I don't want my standup to just be a sales pitch, you know? Yeah. Like, so, <laughs> but I don't know, man. I, I just, but then again, just to go back to what I said, if no one ever buys it, I still, I still sold more books. I still go to my, and I'm sure sometimes it's just when my friends, when I'm coming over, yeah, I go sit at my friend's coffee table. There it is. If I go to their bathroom, there it is. It's like, it's a constant, you know, reminder of like, oh man, that's, I did that. I, did, I don't, I didn't graduate college. I didn't do anything. I, but it's something I'm so proud of. So it's, and and you know, and that's what I keep saying with, all of this shit, man, just start it. People are, people are always looking for like the shortcut. I don't, I don't want to sound like preachy, but and I'm, <laughs> I'm the king of the shortcut. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm fat. I want to lose weight. I hate going to the gym. I came up with a thing the other day. I'm like, if you sneeze, that's like doing a crunch. <laughs> so I literally thought about just putting a bunch of pepper in my hand and sitting on my couch and sneezing while I watch football because I didn't want to go to the gym. So I'm not, I'm trust me, the, the biggest fault I have. I could work harder. I should work harder. Uh, and if I did work harder, maybe this shit would be a movie, but uh, also just, just start. Don't, you know, 
there's not going to be a lot of shortcuts, at least just get <laughs> going on it. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like shortcuts. So, so I always say that all the time, cause I'm, I almost have a similar style. Like I, I like, I want to lose weight, but like, or whatever, there's these always shortcuts and you're like, yeah, I don't want to really want to do it. But if I find something that I'm passionate about, it's yeah. like really easy to almost put in endless hours of doing it. And it's like, yeah. obviously that's something you've obviously had to do with comedy and stuff. And part of that was like, I know, um, going through like your story you uh when you were running uh, like a runner for gambling uh you put on these backyard uh yeah. comedy shows which i thought was like such a like awesome way like and i haven't heard you talk so super in depth about it but like i know like you got some pretty big people to come yeah. out to be able to well, like get yourself uh stage time essentially yeah it's like what you said you just like you asked me the podcast of course i said yes and then like so at the time it was myspace days and stan doug stanhope wrote this blog he's like if you're a comic you know don't wait for these comedy clubs you just you just got to do it yourself just do what we've been talking about this whole episode so then i read this thing i reached out to him i said hey man i read what you wrote i'm gonna do a show in my backyard will you do it and he's like yeah and then he signed on and then that through that, I mean, my first show I had Tig Notaro before she was super famous. Tig Notaro, Martha Kelly, and Steve Agee. And there was like 60 people in my backyard. Now Tig Notaro is like one of the biggest comics in the world. Then I had Doug Benson. I had Brody Stevens, Morgan Murphy, Neil Hamburger. My final show was Doug Stanhope. I had like 300 people in my backyard. People flew from all over the country. Sold out my backyard. And, uh, and then I got evicted like a month later. But <laughs> I just did it. Like, you know, and it was cool. And it, to this day, like if I see Rogan or somebody that that night, my shit was all sold out. And I had someone message me saying, hey, we know it's sold out. Russell Peters wants to come and we know it's sold out. Joe Rogan and Ari Shafir want to come. Is that OK? And I said, of course, yes. Neither of them ended up showing up because they both had shows that night. And I, I think they thought it was going to be later. But still, even to this day, if I see Joe Rogan, like I've been around him a little. I don't know him, no. Yeah. But I can name I can say that. And it just, oh, you were that dude. Yeah. You know, at the start of my career, you were that dude that did the backyard shows in Vegas. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Like, great. Which was, it helped me so much and helped me, you know, later open for Stan Hope. And then like, you know, it, but again, I just did it. You know, I was like, shit. And he was right. That was the best thing I ever got was because at the time, the comedy clubs, they weren't, they didn't care about us. And we lived, all the comics in LA, they just want to come to Vegas. So if you're like a headliner, in the rest of the country you would feature in vegas because you just want to party in vegas or if you're a yeah. feature where else you just host you know like i ho i hosted this last week at brad garrett's i yeah. never host anywhere else in the country and i love <laughs> brad garrett <clears throat> and i like vegas and he treats you so good but i mean i, I i'm headlining tomorrow yeah. night and i was hosting but i just did it that's the vegas that, so that's what we were fighting coming up is like Nobody, just nobody cares, man. That's another good lesson I learned. Nobody cares, man. People, I, I laugh at all these people, like all my haters. No one, no one hates. No one cares. <laughs> we have a, everyone's too worried about themselves. Like, especially moving to LA, I realized that everything you'd hear in LA is haters. No, LA is the most so. Everyone just worried about their own path, you know. So, just do it yourself, man. And like I said, with the book and the, I did those. And then when you accomplish it, it's like, fuck, I did it, man. It's cool. <laughs> you know, you just got to believe in the the process of it. But that's why I, I really like is like the, just the 
and hearing like that, that that stuck out to me because I was like, that's a such an outside of the box way to think about it. And especially like for your reasoning, I'm assuming was because you were making so much doing what you were doing for yeah. your day job that like, I know you've said it before, like you're, you would have like an agent and they'd be like, you, you can go to Wisconsin and it pays you $400. Yeah. And you're like, I make like that yeah. in like half a day or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was making more money than I could ever make in comedy. That's why I couldn't. That's why when people are like, how long have you been doing comedy? I Technically, I don't know how long it is, but those first like four or five years, it wasn't really, we only had one open mic. So I was doing like, you know, I don't really count it. And I couldn't go on the road because I was making so much money. But then, but then that again is what I always talk about is just invest back in yourself. You know, like I know how big this podcast shit is. That's why I'm in the studio. You know, yeah. when I, my girlfriend, we're moving. I said, we could have a guest bedroom, but I want a podcast studio. I think that's the future. I, I see what's going on. Anybody selling tickets, anybody making money has a podcast. Yeah. So all these people are like, oh, I'm not doing a podcast. Everyone has a podcast. I go, okay like, <laughs> everybody that's successful has a podcast you know like it's almost like not like it's you're almost doing yourself a disservice in like yeah i, goes, I, like, I tell know. people all the time but th th again it's just people don't want to work it'd be like i don't care what city you're in you should if you have opportunity to own a starbucks you should open a starbucks there yeah <laughs> you can go to starbucks everywhere yeah but i've never seen one close and i see people that, that work run it they're they're successful you know like find your own it's just so so easy easy to like make excuses not but like this is to me it's the content the the podcast is a podcast world i'm like you i listen to podcasts all day yeah i mean i was listening to podcasts trying to sleep from two to five uh, usually every morning i wake up i'll go on walks i'll listen I, I just love it it's the best form of content because you can listen to it whenever you want yeah and you can do other things while you're listening and you it's it's an awesome way to to get content, and then yeah. from it, like it, it, you know, like like I said I, earlier, I was like I went on a binge of like Burt Kreischer stuff. So like I found a lot of comedians that I like just by having them on, and before I even heard any other comedy, yeah. I was like, okay, like that's cool, and and then yeah. you like hear hear them as people, and then you can really respect like where they coming from from com like you seemed like super authentic, and that's why like I was like, man, I'm like I'm like this is gonna sound super stupid. I saw you at Looney's earlier this yeah. year, and I was like, I saw. you you after the show and i didn't even want to come say hi because i was like whoa brand's fucking huge like that's like no not huge but, like, <laughs> but that but that but you know what i mean it's like you're like oh that's that person from that thing that like i really respect like it's like sometimes you're like oh i <laughs> and you were talking to somebody too and i was like and i had to go to work i literally left your show and went to work wow. so like um you came, man yeah so like i i you enjoy it. talk always and if, <laughs> if someone's an asshole then you at least you know yeah <laughs> well, I, I didn't i didn't figure you'd be an asshole i was just like ah, i was like no. i don't i don't want to like i don't want to bother him or something <laughs> like because i you had like four or five people around you it's, like, yeah. it's the nicest thing people always say that like i don't want to bother you it'll never get old or yeah. i'd love to i can't imagine getting old for me like when someone comes up and says hey something you worked your ass off at, i really like it that i just can't imagine ever being like oh leave me alone like yeah <laughs> I, can't, I just can't imagine it's it's always cool it always and it doesn't happen to me. Like I, I, maybe if you're famous, you would hate it. But to me, it makes my day, man. It, it'll always when people send me a nice message or something, I'm like, and they always like, I don't want to bother you or like, I don't want to seem like a groupie. I'm like, it's just cool. Yeah. But if you're listening, <laughs> you see someone you like, go tell them because yeah. it, it always. This is a hard. It, it, that that's the hardest part is you just get lonely on yeah. the road. 
that's why I don't I don't even like doing the road anymore. So trust me, if you see someone out on the road doing it and you like what they do, just go tell them it'll make them. You have no idea how much it'll make them, you know, feel good. Because like what people don't know about loonies is like. I like those guys. He's my the owner's a good friend, and but that's like a shitty gig. It's when I used to have to do it. I they put me in this condo in the worst neighborhood <laughs> in Colorado Springs, like off of a, like you off a Academy and a, God, I'm forgetting it. It was so bad. But I would do the shows, and then I'd go to this awful uh, condo. It's just the most depressing shit in the world. You're just by yourself. Yeah, you're in the worst neighborhood. So. You don't really want to. Do. <laughs> those people, you you need those. If you have four or five people like uh, telling you how much they enjoyed you or why they like something, that gets you through the next day when you're definitely walking around by yourself. Like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Is this what I want to do with my life? So that's got to be. I was gonna say that's got to be the toughest part. Uh, is like being in a city. Like, I mean, obviously, you probably know Colorado Springs a little bit more than most cities, but like, um, like being in like Columbus, Ohio, or something like that. Just like, what do I do for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like the first time through, it was cool. Yeah. And like, if you're in, let's say, Dayton, Ohio, I've seen the three cool things. If I'm there for <laughs> four nights, you know, there's like a cool thrift store I like to go to, and there's like one place I really like to eat. Yeah. That's Thursday. And now I have Friday, Saturday. But, you know, like, <laughs> you're like, what else do I do? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that part's like, uh, that's the hardest part, man. This job is great. And I don't even, it's hard to even consider it a job because I like doing it so much. The job part of it is just the travel and being away from people. And, um, you know, like Vegas was great. But by like Thursday, Friday, I just want to go home, man. Like, <laughs> right. I, yeah. I just miss my bed and my dog, my girlfriend, my the food. And like, uh, you know, being a week anywhere is just long. Yeah. So. I was going to say, that's a long, that's a long, that's a long one for you too, right? That's a whole week. Yeah. That's about like, the only one that does a full week. And like, I probably won't do it for a while. <laughs> I'll take a break from it because it's just too long. It's just like, and then you just go hard on the road and like, we had a couple crazy. I have to shave my my girlfriend cut my. I, hair. I saw that. Yeah, the laser lights. <laughs> Three in the morning, we're doing haircuts and shit. Like that's uh, not. That was like Wednesday. That's hilarious yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. It was, it was cool, but uh, yeah, it was just long. But that's the only complaint you'd ever have is the the road is just lonely. Yeah, and I and I would assume that if you if you're a comedian doing the road, you're you're at at least a level that you can like do it as a pretty full time thing. Or yeah, well, you you know, I'm still at this level where it's just like survival. I'm one more step from being like, okay, we don't really have to worry about anything this month. Yeah, then one more step from that, you're rich. Yeah, like my friends are just everywhere. (laughs) They, you know, I'll give you three. I'll give you. An example. So, like, when I open here for that's a, a big camp. I'll just tell you this week, and I, I'm not going to say names because I, I don't want to put their business out there. But so I opened for a pretty, probably the hottest young New York comedian right now. So I do 20 minute sets in front of them, five shows a night, and I get 50 on Thursday, 60 for each show on. For, so I make 290. Yeah, for the weekend, he. Did five shows. I think they pretty much all sold out. He for the for the weekend he got like eighteen thousand. Yeah. So now another comedian who is very big, who's who's very big right now, clean comedian, did two shows at a big theater at the Paramount. 
and and they told me his check was like seventy thousand. Yeah, for one night, and yeah. then, <laughs> well, last night I went and saw. I'll just tell you who this was. I don't Tom. know what his check was. I went and saw Tom Segura. Yeah, <laughs> and he sold out two shows, five thousand seats. Yeah, and I was, and just doing the math in my head, just guessing, his check was probably like two hundred thousand. For yeah. one night, so I, I was I did the same thing because I almost went to went to go see him. I had to I think I had to work or do something, so I wasn't able to go. But I I was gonna buy like just the like the worst ticket, and then I was like, if every ticket in there was that, which it's not because it yeah. <laughs> it gets pricier the closer you get or whatever. <laughs> like I was like, yeah. he's making some he's making some pretty good change there. Yeah, I mean, like his merch line. I yeah. joked about that. His merch line was bigger than any show I've done all year. There's more people in a merch line than a crowd I've had. So, I, <laughs> well, and, and that comes a lot from the podcast. He yeah, yeah. No, it's all, all three of those guys have fucking. That's nuts. Well, one of them doesn't, but the the other two have major podcasts. Yeah. The other one's just the cleanest, probably best comic there is. But like, it's just crazy. But that's what keeps you motivated. Is yeah. like I'm lucky enough that people will tell me shit like that. Like Bert's great about that. Bert doesn't care. He'll tell you money. Oh yeah, he'll, he'll say it on the podcast. He says it on the yeah. <laughs> if you get, it, I remember one time I had him. We were in San Diego, and I just said, "Hey, when did it change? What is this?" And he's like, "This is. I was getting this, and then I was getting this, and then this. I was getting this, and now I get." And he's so. Uh, I mean, that's why people love him. He's so <laughs> honest and real. Yeah. But then he, uh, and you're just like, okay, I'm on that same path, you know, like <clears throat> I'm, you know, and I, I think. I mean, you do Rogan, it's a different world too. Like if you do Rogan, I think to be rich, you do Rogan three times. I think that is the the thing that will yeah. change your life now. It's not like the Tonight Show. It's not a Comedy Central special. If you can do Rogan three times, you'll be rich. And I oh, think yeah. Rogan made all these people. And I think they're all great. And I think it's great that Rogan, I mean, like in the old days, Chelsea Handler was like that. Chelsea Handler made a lot of people rich. Yeah. Now she's done and now it's Rogan. And Netflix, but I think most of these Netflix guys are getting their shit through Rogan. Being on Rogan. So. Well, I, I I notice it because I I am a huge podcast listener. So like I and I listen to Joe Rogan. I don't listen to every Joe Rogan podcast, but ones that like interest me or like I think will like you can see it. You can literally like I'll listen to it the day it comes out, and like literally the next day I'll go to download podcasts before I head off to work. And like those people's podcasts will have hopped from like down yeah. to like the top like three or whatever. Yeah. So it's like it's hilarious to me. Someone's at my front door. That's hilarious. Uh, gotta, I love that ring camera, dude. They're so so. I have the Google Nest one, and it's like, yeah, it's it's weird. It's wild. Would you need to go get it? No, no, it's a package. My wife probably ordered fifty things from Amazon. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the season. Uh, no, but I was gonna say we've done a good amount of time. I did want to ask you. We have some questions that we do towards yeah. the end. Uh, so one of them will be my last guest always asks a question for the next guest. I like so, it. So I'll put that seed in your head. I uh, have a question that you would want to ask the next guest, and then I'll have you answer that. But um, I'll start with the question. Well, I, ha I have a couple of quick fire questions. So yeah. just hilarious. We didn't get into any of your stories because you're just such a great talker. Well, we can, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, we can go. I don't know how long. Will you keep it an hour or what? I keep it around an hour. Uh, maybe we'll just have you back on for a yeah. second one sometime. I'll do it uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll plant the seed. So I have a funny one. So uh, Mary Fuck Kill, your dad, Mike <laughs> Vanderjack. Joshua Jackson. Oh, that's easy. I would kill. <laughs> I would kill my dad. Obviously, <laughs> I would uh, fuck Josh Jackson as payback for fucking my girlfriend, <laughs> and I would marry uh, Vanderjack. You know, this thing right here is from uh, 
this right outside Vanderjack's bar. Oh yeah, that's all I have from that thing. And uh, <laughs> Vanderjack, he, I feel bad. He didn't do anything wrong. We just other than be a shitty person. Yeah, <laughs> shitty person, but we just stole his shit. So out of those three, that that's a pretty easy one. Uh, but that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I figured that that would be a funny one. You yeah. you actually brought up uh, uh fucking the crowd and ass, and that actually made me think of Joshua Jackson. Um, <laughs> from your thing um but uh then so the the question from my last guest and i don't know if you're a huge music guy i know like yeah um, but uh his was you are on a a plane that's going to crash you're going to lose your life you have one charge but the whole travel is three albums you get to listen to before you die Ooh, oh man that's hard because i'm i'm a I'm more of a song guy. I'm like that dude that just listens to the same song yeah. over and over. I, I do the same. <laughs> my I found this song. My girlfriend's 10 years younger than me and much cooler than me. But uh, So I was walking when we were at the MGM. I was walking to the MGM to go bet, and she was taking a nap. I came back, and I heard this song, and I loved it. And then I started playing it over and over. And she's, and she's like, why? I was, and I guess it came out in like 2017. I thought it was like brand new shit, <laughs> but I listened to it over and over. She's a good sport about it. But I would pick. Um, I like. Um, we'll go in this order. I like. James, I would pick like. I'm, I'm going to kind of cheat, but I'd pick James Taylor's greatest hits because I really love James Taylor. I'd pick Garth Brooks' greatest hits because he's my favorite to see live. That's awesome. And. I really love rap, but my favorite band growing up was the Counting Crows for a long time. And then I was lucky enough to the lead singer, of the Killers, used to go to my gym in Vegas, so I became friends with him. So I got to have all these cool backstage, and I just love the Killers. Yeah. So they have, they have some jams. It's so funny. That's totally sidetracking. My daughters are eleven and twelve, mm-hmm. and they love uh, Mr. Brightside. Yeah, which is like comical to me because it came yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, but Brent, so, Brendan Flowers is a—he's an amazing artist. Like super, super good guy. Super uh, a quick funny story. So he, we went and saw him, and he's walking through the gym, and I was like, "Hey, Brandon, good show last night." And he's like, "Thanks, super sweet dude." And uh, at the end of the conversation, he's like, "If you ever want tickets, just let me know." And I go, just joking around, I go, wow, you know someone who could, like, hook it up? And he looked at me like, you're the dumbest. And I go, Brandon, I'm just joking. But that's how we kind of broke the ice. And then oh, that's funny. after that, he hooked us up, I mean, forever. We we I got to I – Madison Square Garden, Red Rocks, the coolest oh, things in the world. We got to uh, have some really cool access. So for that reason, I'd say the Killers are still my favorite band. So probably those three are all uh, – but I, I, I love so much music. It's uh, – it's crazy. What was that? What was that song that you heard? That that, that got me intrigued. The- oh, it was. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is. I was like, damn. I wonder what it is. <laughs> and it's probably embarrassing. It's old. It's called "Take It All Back 2.0 oh. by Judah and the Lion. Yeah, yeah. As I take it all back, take yeah. it. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. But I'm just walking, and I was like, oh, I'm feeling this. That's stuff. a good song. I like. Yeah, that. I liked it, and I just listened to it over and over, and then I went and I bet something. I went to make a bet on a football game, and the lady was a bitch to me, and I and then I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to bet this basketball game, and then I, the basketball game won, and the football game would have lost. I was like, oh, this is like my new good luck song. So. <laughs> oh, and then I was jamming it all weekend, then I found $85. Hey, <laughs> but I listened to it on repeat, so I was like, maybe this is it's, my- a, it's your good luck song. Maybe that's the song you call up to from now on. <laughs> I'm going to. That's funny. You said that. That's so awesome. I was like, 
tire. I go, I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna come out to now. We'll see how it goes. So. I'm a I'm a superstition superstitious person like that. So that'll lead to my last two questions. Uh, I know you played JUCO basketball. Um, I was a JUCO. I'm a JUCO athlete dropout. I played baseball. I yeah. uh, I blew my arm completely out. 91 mile an hour left hander. Screwed my entire career up. You should, um, you should be rich. I should be rich. I tell my wife that all the time. Um, and uh, but uh, I wore I wore number six. That was my lucky number. Did you have a lucky number? And if so, what was it? Yeah, I, I wore twenty one. Uh, I think I got it in junior high. Then I stayed with it. Twenty one, and then five. Uh, five was my soccer number. But where I'm from, um, it's big on the program. Like I was a sophomore, the senior that I looked up to wore five, and we oh, okay. so it was a big thing to pass it down. So that was more respectful, oh, cool. dude. But the twenty one is what I wore the whole way. Uh, I think I got it in junior high, then I wore it all the way through. So, uh, so what, you didn't you didn't pick it for a favorite player or anything? <laughs> no, I just uh, I don't know why. I mean, maybe when I picked it in seventh grade, I had it, but I don't know who it would have been, like Dominique or something. But I my favorite players changed, like my favorite song. Like I, uh, I was, <laughs> it's like I was a point guard, so it, you know I'd like this point guard. Then Jason Kidd came, and then Jason Williams came, and then like uh, so. That's how I would. I was the same way when I when I started pitching. That's what I I would just pick pitchers. I'm a Tigers fan by nature. My wife's a huge Cubs fan. We named our son after a Hall of Fame Cub um, player. So Ooh. we uh, Ryan Sandberg. Oh, so R Y N E. So and it's yeah. funny because his number was 23. So if you times two by three, that's six. That's more. Yeah. I, I look at numbers like that in weird ways. But uh, but I was the same way. But I I caught. I'm a lefty. I caught all the way up to junior year, and then I was told that I'm. There's no lefties in. I've never never looked around. There's no lefties, shortstops, third base, oh, yeah. second base, catcher. But I had a great pop time, and then so I switched to pitcher, and I luckily had enough power to get a couple uh, scholarship offers and stuff. Wait, so wait, if you're left-handed, you just play outfield or I, pitch? I'm slow as shit. Yeah, you play you play first base or oh, outfield yeah. or pitch. <laughs> Yeah, because you can't even play third, really. You can't really protect nope. the line. I mean, there's there's no there's no pro lefty third, short, second, or catcher. Damn, that's a good yeah. point. That's what, I, mean, I know, right? You, you never think about it until you're lefty. <laughs> I always wondered why my catching glove would cost like five hundred dollars because it had to have a custom made, basically. Oh yeah, it was, it was nuts. But I, it was my sport. My dad caught, so I was like, yeah. So so that was that was one question. The other question, since you like to sneak into stuff and get into events. If you got we did free, it last week, free. <laughs> really? <laughs> we did it on Wednesday. It's easier than ever now. Let me tell you guys. <laughs> These new phones, we most tickets have to go through phones. Just have your friends send you a picture of it. Then when you get up there, they're gonna zap it. It's not gonna work half the time. They're just gonna be like, "Go anyway." Yeah. So th- what I did on this one was like, I text myself. I got the picture, and then I text myself. A message just said, "Hey, I sent you twelve tickets. These two should be the ones that are good." But the lady was kind of just zapping everything. If there's any problem, let me know. I'll come back up. So then, what happened was, I showed him that, and they zapped. They go, "It's already been used." I go, "Okay." He texts me this. I'll just text him because he had a whole group of tickets in a big yeah. crew. And they go, "Okay, stand over here to the side." And then the second they turn their back, me and my friend went in. And- <laughs> That's awesome. easy as shit. <laughs> well, my question for yeah. you it would be. Uh, if you had all access to any venue for life, Ooh. but you could never sneak in anywhere else, you'd always get caught. So you just get full access to one venue. What yeah. venue would you pick? Man, that's that's a great question. Um, 
you got to think because you got to think sports and you got to think music and stuff. yeah. So wait, I can. I'm just not allowed to sneak in ever again. Yeah, you can't sneak in anywhere else. And buy but tickets, you, but I yeah, you can, but yeah, you can buy tickets. Yeah, but you can you oh, got full access for free. Dave. Yeah, that'd be easy. I'd go to Red Rocks here. Oh, that's that's a great venue. And I'm still here in Denver, and it's easy. And uh, that venue is so. Uh, there's nothing like it. To me, it's my favorite place to see a concert. So I think it's a, it ruins the concert experience. Yeah, <laughs> it sucks. I, I've been there a few times. I remember the first time I went, I was like, I was like, what's the big deal? It's feels what? And then I, yeah. I was like, holy shit, this is magical. But it's a harder question a little bit because if I just pick the Pepsi Center here, then I have access to the Avalanche Nuggets and all the concerts. And I saw yeah. some great concerts here last year. I mean, one there's a Monday, Tuesday. I saw Childish Gambino and Fleetwood Mac just on a Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. That's so <laughs> that, that question is going to drive me wild for a while. <laughs> I thought it was good. And I, I thought it was only appropriate because I love I like it. Yeah. I love your your podcast, which I'd like to talk to finishing up is uh, the 31 podcast. Obviously, you ask 31 questions. Uh, and there's there's some of the better questions that I've ever heard listening to podcasts. So I always like it, and I like it when they're like, "I don't think I've ever said this before." Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna be good." <laughs> yeah, that's when I know I've hit it when they're like, you know, a lot of times I'm like, "Oh, that's a good question." I'll be like, "Oh, I've never." Yeah, that's when I'm like, "Oh, this is what I want." I don't want. Yeah. I didn't want just a generic comedy podcast. Like, what's your worst gig? What you know? <laughs> so, and I just stole the idea really from inside the actor's studio. <laughs> I always liked that show and I didn't yeah. care who the guest was. I always wanted to see his last 10 questions. Yeah. And then, so then I just wrote up a bunch of questions and people come over and I would just go through, I had, let's say like a hundred questions. I, those are the ones that people like the best, but it's just a good icebreaker for like, like when I was single or something, but it's just good. You, you guys should listen to the podcast and just take down the list. It's just a good like party starter. Oh yeah. Like if I was on a date, I'd be like, I have this podcast, and they'd be like, whatever. And then I'd go, it's like this. But then, you know why people like my podcast? They just get to talk about themselves for an hour. Yeah, love it. <laughs> yeah, love it's it. it's awesome. I I enjoy it, and you've had some awesome guests. Obviously, Bert yeah. Kreischer, uh, Jay Larson, Ryan Sickler, Ari Shafir, yeah. and and also you've done. I I was realizing when I was trying to uh, do some research for this to ask you somewhat different questions than normal. Yeah. Um, like you've done all of the major, uh, the like you did, you did Ari Shafir, you did your mom's yeah. house, you did Bert Kreischer. Joe Rogan's the only one left, right? Like, yeah, so. Rogan's about the only one, but <laughs> the whole sober October crew, you'd be good, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done everything. I mean, Jay Moore, I remember one time Jay Moore called me, like, hey man, and I was like, oh, this is Jay Moore, like, I didn't know him. Someone, <laughs> yeah. referred, someone referred me, and I was like, this is like a, from Jerry Maguire. So, doing all those were like cool. Rogan's the only one, but. I mean, Rogan, you just don't ask. You don't. No, yeah, that's a. It's just one of those like you 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 have to. It's almost like, it's like a lottery. I just got to keep buying lottery tickets and hope <laughs> like we cross paths or somehow he sees something and and the, well, yeah, that's the one. I'm wait. I'm waiting for the uh, five hour Brant Tobler Joe oh, Rogan podcast. Life changing. I would love. <laughs> It'd be I mean, awesome. We have a little backstory. I mean, if our paths cross, but yeah, honestly, but, that'd be. But, I was gonna say also like on your under your umbrella, I guess that would be what under the yeah. umbrella of the thirty one. You have uh, Dead to Us, which by the way, uh, Sports with Shire is the fucking oh. most hilarious <laughs> fucking thing ever. Every week, I just laugh my ass off. It's yeah, great. Uh, obviously, you do that with your girlfriend, and then uh, you have quick question for us, and or quick quick question for you, and then um, also uh, Craigslist Chaos. Which yeah, so the uh, quick question for you is just shorter thirty one because I can't always get people to do an hour. And I thought it would go over better, but people like the full 31. So I'm going to try to get to do more of those. It's just so hard to get guests. You know, I yeah. should do it like this. Yeah. You know? 
But then the Craigslist chaos is everyone's new favorite where I just log on to Craigslist and I just put in call me in the search engine in whatever town and anyone that has their number, I just call them and fuck with them off the top of my head. Yeah. So <laughs> it's been, it's fun for me. And again, it solves the problem of like dealing with guests because like even me and you today, we had, luckily we got through it. We fixed the, I couldn't get my mic on. Yeah. And it's like, that was my, uh, my technical always, difficulty. There's I'm too always much. trying to figure out a way to do a podcast. That's what I love about doing the one with my girlfriend is that we can just do it. You know, yeah. like we did one last night. I fucked up the recording. So frustrating. Had a great sports segment. And then, <laughs> so we're still just learning. But that part, if I did something with like, let's say if I did Jay Moore and then I fuck it up, it's like, I'm not getting a second chance at like, yeah, you don't get that. Back. Yeah. They're not going to be like, Oh, you want to just re-record this whole thing. So, but so, yeah, under, under my umbrella, we got a bunch and I, I believe this podcast is the, is the future. And I just like doing it. Yeah. I really do just like, you know, like I like this, this was fun for me. And they're so, like, a, they're like a nice, like stress reliever. I, I am also uh, on Patreon zero one eight. So well, thank you. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. I, and and I and I love your podcast. So obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna help promote it. However, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. you doing it. I'm yeah, we've, it. we've come up with some cool shit. I'm really excited about. So so that's gonna be that's gonna be super fun to go forward. And so I guess we'll end it with what question would you like to ask our next guest, and then answer um, that question. Oh, and then I get to answer it. Yeah, you get to answer it too. Oh, all right. Um, if you want, you don't have yeah, to. I got some questions here. Let me go to my question. <laughs> um. These are new ones. I'm trying to work into my, uh, into my podcast. Um, I'll go with, um, that's a good one. I don't want to do any of my own questions. <laughs> How about, uh, what's the worst road trip you've ever been on? Worst road trip? Yeah. Oh, that's that's hilarious. You answer or I answer? Yeah, I, well, we can both answer. Huh? You you go first. Okay, worst road trip I've ever been on. Um, it's not, it's funny because like sometimes the worst is also the best, and it's gonna be hilarious. It has a little tie in for you as well. <laughs> um, so when uh, I was a freshman, my brother was a sophomore. We went to have a home run derby at this little little league park just for the fun of it. We were obviously way too big to be hitting balls. No. I hit hit a bunch over. My brother hopped back over the fence rolled his ankle really bad it blew up to the size of like a volleyball so we were going on a trip the next day it was me my mom and my brother we were going to meet my aunt in new north carolina she was coming up from south carolina and we were just going to get into shenanigans we we're going to catch a bunch of minor league baseball games because my brother was an artist so he had some ins so he was going to meet the players get some autographs give them the actual art get prints signed it was pretty cool Sweet. So the whole time he's just in the back, it's terrible. His, his legs jacked up. He's we're stopping all the time to try to get him to like walk on it. The, the only bad thing about road trip is if you have to stop multiple, a bunch of times that sucks. Yeah. So we stopped and then we were like, okay, what's near here. We realized where they filmed Dawson's Creek at is in North Carolina. So we go stop there just for the hell of it. Cause it was big at the time. And uh, we saw Katie Holmes rolling out. So as, as we left though, we were going over the Cape Fear Bridge and the car broke down. So we got towed to this place. We had to sit there and I had to listen to this dude bitch about Alan Alda, who I guess filmed some movie there and was a complete asshole. So, so that was that was probably the worst and best trip at the same time because it was just so comical about how shit was. Yeah. But yeah. For me, man, this is a hard one. I came up with this question. I'll tell you, the worst one... <laughs> Just the top of my head, I had a 
awful one the other day. It was, I mean, it's short and it's kind of, it's not, I just, I'm sure like what always happens on my podcast, people are like, man, the second we quit, I had the perfect answer. Yeah. But off the top of my head the other day, I did shows and I did a whole week in Vegas. Then I went to LA, did two days of podcasts and I went to San Diego. Then I came back to Vegas to do one more show with Jimmy Kimmel's little sister, Jill, is like one of my best friends. So it was a birthday show. So I said, yeah, I'm going to do it. But the only cheap flight was at like 5.30. Or no, it was like 5.15. So on this night, and it was Jill's birthday, so we did the show and then we partied till like – so I just remember I had to set my alarm for 3.30 to get up to go to the airport yeah. to catch my flight. And I'd been gone 10 days. I was so ready to come home. And we end up partying and not paying attention. I remember getting to my room at like 3.12 or something. <laughs> and I laid down for like 18 minutes and the alarm went off. And I, I have this Post Malone song. As my, I'm, I'm starting to hate the song. <laughs> the one I learned is I shouldn't put one of my favorite songs as my wake-up song. Yeah. Because now I'm starting to hate it. But I just woke up at – so I, I slept for maybe like 10, 12 minutes. By the time I got into bed and finally fell asleep. And then I had to go to the airport and then sit on a plane, sit middle seat and just oh, miserable and then and then come home and just ruin the whole next day. So just off the top of my head, that was that was just brutal. that 10 minute nap. <laughs> I should have just stayed up. But I was just, just like so it's not like when you're a little kid. I remember when a little kid would go to like lock ins and I'd stay up all night and now yeah. days are those days are done. <laughs> uh, done. Yeah, no, yeah. As you get older, I I yeah, I'm thirty six, I'll be thirty seven soon. I'm like yeah, I can't do it anymore. I used to do it all. Yeah, I'm 42. I'm, I'm napping as soon as we're done with this. <laughs> I don't blame you. Well, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you get going on that, and um, okay. and I, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Little podcast insider. This is Tuesday. Brands yeah. headlining Wednesday. I might even get this up today since I have nothing. Okay. Else to do. Yeah. So well, let me know whatever you need for tomorrow. We'll talk after this, but yeah, I'll leave you tickets. Whatever. I don't know whatever you need, so we'll yeah. figure it out. And well, yeah, thank- I'm glad to see you tomorrow. And first of all. These people don't know, but thank you for all the cool shit you've heard. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they'll, they'll see us soon enough. It'll be awesome. I, I, yeah. I look forward to it. And uh, so everyone can follow you at Brant Tobler. Yeah, just B-R-A-N-D-T-T-O-B-L-E-R. And that's uh, on Instagram and Twitter. That's and everywhere. Then, and then uh, do you have your website or anything website like that? Website The book's called Free Roll. It's available anywhere. Podcast is the 31 where you can get them all. And uh yeah. I'm, if you are around the Denver area, I'm in the I'm in the Springs, like I think in March, and I'm in Denver all the time. So if you watch this podcast, you want to come to a show, shoot me a message, and I'll always try to hook up with free tickets unless it's something I can't do, and then I'll just tell you. But I usually yeah. can do it, so hit me up. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you next week. Peace. <laughs>